Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Centered, Committed, Confident. I'm your co-host, Cody Rogers, and today I am joined by... Calvin Hansen. Mr. Calvin Hansen. For those of you that are newer to our church, newer to the group, or you're just listening to the podcast and you uh, and you aren't joining us on Thursdays yet, uh, Calvin is our worship leader here at Coram Deo. Um, I'm the worship and college pastor, but Calvin is the the worship leader on staff, so he is the one that leads worship on Thursday nights for college, leads on Wednesday nights for youth, and then fills in on the weekends um, for me when I'm gone, and also just joins me on stage for the weekends sometimes. Um, and yeah, I think that would probably give a, a decent little uh, little background of who you are for the church, well, but yeah, just like quick, like 30 seconds of what should they know about you as far as your, your history, your life goes, things that... Would be Life in 30 seconds. Okay. So, um, grew up close to Cormdale. Been going here since 2012, actually. Um, went away to college around the Chicagoland area from 2016 to uh, around 2020, I think, when I graduated. Um, and then 2019, I was hired here. So, I've been doing that for almost, and we coming up for two years, actually, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Especially since, you know, like a year and a half of that has been. You're going to have that times. Been COVID and I didn't <laughs> Even, really yeah. do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, you started in, in December. Yeah. Uh, went to Israel. Yep. Oh, yeah. I did that. And then came back. We did Lyft, which is a huge youth conference we mm-hmm. do here. And then COVID. So yeah. it was yeah. very, very so fast. A whirlwind of a first year for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, cool. Well, if you have any more questions for Calvin, you can send them in to me on an email. I'll forward them to him. You can find his contact info on the website as well. Um, you probably saw in the... Uh, title of the podcast today, we are talking about Bibles, um, particularly Bible translations and what are they, why are they, how do we use them? And then if we get into it at the end, which I think we will, we'll talk a little bit about some of our favorite Bibles. And if if we still have enough time, we'll talk about uh, ways to study the Bible or resources we use when we study. Otherwise, we'll carry that into maybe next week. And, and get a few other inputs as to great ways to, to study the Bible. So that's what we're looking at. Um, so the, let me give you guys a little bit of a context as to why we're talking about that uh, today. It's because uh, I saw just this week, received an email that um, Crossway, which is a, a major Bible publisher, is celebrating the uh, 20th anniversary of the ESV, which is the English Standard Version. It's the translation here uh, that we use here at Coram Deo, um, one of the world's most widely distributed translations, and, and they're celebrating 20 years of it. And so there's a lot of stuff out there for you know on pastors' websites and stuff and book publishers and stuff about the history of the ESV. And um, I thought this would be a good time to talk about uh, not only why do we use the ESV, but talk about other Bible translations and how to relate that to maybe a Bible that you own right now, if you're listening. Um, and even if you bring a Bible on Thursday nights and it's different than what I'm preaching out of, uh, how it relates and why it's different in your hands in the first place. So let's start uh, Let's start big, all right? So the original languages of the Bible are Hebrew, Greek, and Greek. A little bit, like a little, a little spice of, of, of Aramaic, right? Yeah. So those are, those are the three. Um, and mostly Hebrew and Greek with a, a dash of <laughs> Aramaic. <laughs> a sprinkle. Yeah. Um, so that is the, the reason for translations is because um, 
those are ancient languages, right? Uh, Hebrew and and the type of Greek, it's called Koine Greek, is uh, it doesn't exist anymore. It's it's not the the Greek that's spoken, even if you go over to Greece now. Um, it's similar. There are lots of similarities, Very. but it is also different. Um, and so the reason we have translations, because one, we don't read in those and um, <laughs> we, we, most of us speak English, right? If you're listening to this podcast, I assume you're probably speaking English, <laughs> right? So I'm using some broad generalizations here, but um, we needed this in English, right? And, and actually that's an amazing story in itself. If you guys get a chance, look up William Tyndale. He, um, he is the, the one who really translated the, the first, um, the, the first Bible into English after it, it had been in Latin for years, uh, because, uh, you know, that's, that's the translation the Catholic church chose and all these things. He was actually martyred for, uh, translating the, the Bible, right? So he was, he was killed for this work of, of, of translating it into English, um, and there's, there's an amazing history there, and I can't cover all of it today. Um, but what I can say is uh, he, he translated the Bible, right, into English, and that led into the, the King James Version of uh, Scripture. And I actually, I have a little thing pulled up here. Um, this is on the, the Crossway website. It's celebrating the 20th anniversary. And this is uh, Dr. J.I. Packer talking about the ESV. I mean, if you don't know who that is, he wrote uh, an amazing book, um, um, called, uh, knowing God, right? Wait, did I just mess that up? No, it, yeah, no it's called knowing right, God. No, Piper wrote desiring God. Yes. So that's why I get it. Anyway, he wrote this amazing book called knowing God, highly recommend it as one of the, the first books that anybody should read if they come to Christ. And, um, and he's since passed and gone to be with the Lord in the last couple of years, but, uh, he w- w- was on the oversight committee of the, the ESV. Um, he was a editor and, a on, um, and, and a translator. Um, and he also is, uh, the theological oversight of the ESV study Bible, right? So he, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the history of the ESV translation. And, um, I'm trying to make this quick. The really, he talks about the history and he talks about Tyndale in 1526, right? That gives you guys an idea. Tyndale, 1526, um, Packer thought he was the most brilliant translator there ever was. Um, he managed to translate scripture in English and maintain a lot of its excellencies and also bring amount of beauty to it and combined precision. Um, you know, and he says he, his, he rendered a beautiful combined precision translation in the narrow, but clearly understood each sense of the word and had a flexibility of the language, vitality, and liveliness. Um, so he really brought um, the beauty of the word of God to, to the English language, you know, as best as he could. The King James Bible came out um, and that added to it, right? Because there had been further time after it had been in English and the, it was more than just one guy working yeah. on, you know, there's a lot more there that, um, actually ended up getting revised again to the English revised version, the American revised version headed to the revised standard version. And from there, from the revised standard version came the English standard version. So, um, I wanted to say all that just to let's talk about all the translations and how we understand them now. I just threw out a lot of ASV, RSV translation stuff, right? Here's what you need to understand. Tyndale translation happened, okay, to translate in English. King James Bible came about, most widely distributed translation of the Bible ever. Um, that was the reigning Bible translation for hundreds of years. But um, it 
needed to be retranslated after a while. And there, here's a few reasons for it. One, um, new manuscripts came to light. Okay, so if you guys don't know, um, we have preserved manuscripts from ancient times of Scripture. We have hundreds upon hundreds of manuscripts um, that all line up with each other. That's another phenomenal thing we could talk about. Um, however, we have discovered more since the translation of the King James, and that led to nuances, slight things that brought more clarity because we we have a, a larger landscape of things to to look at and we bring even more precision. And so things needed to be updated in that. Um, and, and as that has happened and as um, we have grown in our ability to understand other languages and um, read and deeply study them and we have more people able to dedicate their time to it, um, we've come to a better understanding of how to interpret these things. And so uh, these, these translations have happened over time. So all that to say that the ESV, which we use at our church, is uh, a descendant of the, of the King James. It's a um, updated version of it that brings hopefully more precision, more clarity, and more readability. That's a lot. I know I just brought a lot to you guys. I promise it's going to get simpler. So let's let's just for a minute before we talk about where they fall on the spectrum of how they let's let's talk about what are some of the major Bible translations out there that someone might be holding right now or on a Thursday night. Yeah, I know um, a big one for a long time um, was the NIV. I know that was one when I was growing up that my church used a lot, and then we went into the NLT. A lot of you have, I know, quite a few of my friends. That's what they use often. And that's New Living Translation, yes, right? Sorry, so, New Living Translation. NIV is New International Version. Yes. NLT is New Living Translation. Living Translation, yes. Um, and there's also, I know one that's been kind of a newer, not newer, but an updated one. It used to be called the Holman, but it's now the CSB, so the Christian Standard Bible, which is also another one. Mm-hmm, probably uh, one of the newest translations yes. to, come to, the, to come to the table that's exactly. a viable translation. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, NIV. Oh, so uh, NASB, New oh, yeah. American Standard Bible, yep. um, is what it stands for. That's we'll talk about all these in a minute. I'm just these just you know if you're looking at the cover of your Bible, these might be ones. Okay, yeah, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. The NKJV, New King James Version, New where they've one. essentially taken the King James and all they've done is tr- retranslated the English part of it to be newer English. Right? They oh. haven't actually retranslated anything. No. They've just made it a little bit easier to read. Yeah understand okay so that's a lot of them hopefully that we picked up on one of yours there's others like paraphrases like the message um and uh new century version and amplified and, and all these other ones so but let's talk about some of these popular ones what what are all they how do they work together where do they fit um and 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 why why are they why wh- what philosophies are behind them really they they fall into uh, two different categories, and they fall on the spectrum. There's the word-for-word word category, and there's the thought-for-thought thought category. And these these translation committees, when they are trying to translate Scripture into English, they, they have a goal in mind, right? And their goal is either to make it as accurate to the, the, the original language as possible, right? Which sounds like a beautiful concept, right? To make it as accurate to the Word of God as possible, Um and, and that's, a, that's a great motivation, but with that can come, because it's a different language, a certain level of making it very hard to read and understand, right? So you pull out Google Translate, 
and you type in a full English paragraph and you click translate and it speaks it out loud, it can sound very chopped up, very hard to understand because all it's doing is translating the word for word for word for word, right? So that that's a danger that can happen is that, yes, it is, it is, the, is true to the word of God as we can make it, but it is very difficult to try to read it. And then you go to the whole other spectrum, right? Those whose translation committees um, have made it their goal to try to make it as readable as possible. And that's what we call thought for thought, right? They take the thoughts. So like this paragraph is saying one thing. And so um, we are going to rewrite it in a way that says the same thing, but is super easy to read, right? I describe it like taking like Yoda from Star Wars. You take Yoda from Star Wars and you reverse his sentences and all of a sudden they make more sense, mm -hmm. right? And it's it's sort of the same concept. Like they're, they're taking what they know to be the meaning and churning it into something that's more readable. The danger on that is that that adds a lot of ability for the translators to add a bias to it, right? They have their own interpretation of scripture. They have their own interpretation of what a, a, a theological thing or a doctrinal thing, and they will read that into the text, and then they will translate that accordingly. Yeah. So then when you're reading something that's super thought for thought, you it might be super easy to read, but you could be reading what is more somebody's thoughts on scripture than it is what what actually God's words were. Yeah. So that's the word for word and the thought for thought. And that's really the most important thing for all of you to understand is that there's that spectrum. Now let's talk about where some of these fall on that spectrum, all right? So um what what is the most literal is 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 probably a place to start. Um, one of the most literal versions is going to be the, the NASB, mm -hmm. the New American Standard Bible. If you guys have ever read it, it contains uh, a lot of choppy sentences. Brethren is still in it, if I remember right. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, one of my first Bibles was in ASB, and it uses the word brethren still. They might have changed that now, but um, that is, you know, on that spectrum, going to be really. Uh, word for word, it is known as a very accurate translation. It is difficult to read, though. Um, and then on the very right, thought for thought, we're going to get the the message, which is just a paraphrase of the Bible. Um, but the NLT, which we talked about, the New Living Translation, is more on a thought for thought basis. Um, the NIV is just above that. Yeah. And then let's talk about the the CSB, right? So let's talk about those four translations. Those are probably the ones that might fall in your guys's laps right now. The ESV, which is what our church uses, the CSB, the NIV, and the NLT, right? From left to right, the ESV is going to be the most word for word. ESV is most word for word. Then the CSB is right below it, right? It is word for word, but they've taken care to translate it uh, to even more modern things, right? And, and they do lose a little nuance there, even compared to the ESV, but it is still a, a really good translation. Um, the NIV, very popular for a long time. Most likely the Bible you're going to find at Walmart if you go. Um, that in the King James Version. Most likely all of you, if you own a Bible, have owned an NIV at some point. Um, they've retranslated it in 2008 or 2011. I can't remember. Yeah, somewhere around there. Where they have gone more gender neutral, um, which the CSB is also gender neutral in this, the fact that when, when Scripture is actually talking about Brothers and sisters, it'll say that rather mm -hmm. than just, you know, 
just saying the the male, the masculine. Yeah. But the NIV goes a little bit further um, and uh, has a, a few other translations where they do that specifically, that it should not be done, where scripture is very specifically talking about a man or a woman, and they choose to try to make that neutral anyway. Okay. So um, I'd say that violates um, the actual idea of it the being of it. word for word. Yeah. And then we've got NLT, which is very much a thought for thought, right? Super easy to read. Sounds really good when you speak it out loud to yourself. Um, but it's poetic, but um, it is not accurate to the word to word, right? Okay. Lot for you guys. We're running. Uh, we're running 17 minutes in. So hopefully that gives you an idea of where they all fall with each other and whatnot. Let's talk about why we use the ESV. Why did we decide to land there? And why should you consider using one of these ones that's more word for word? So, um, Calvin, you're going to end up getting to talk quite a bit in just a minute. So I'm just going over stuff. I, I just want to read for you Coram Deo's statement as to why we chose the ESV. It says this it's on our website. We believe that the very words of scripture in the original Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic are inspired by God and comprise the Bible. Since the biblical languages are mechanically very different from English, multiple versions have been printed over the centuries. Not only that, but translation teams tend to emphasize one of two primary goals, to make the translation easy to read or to make it as accurate to the original text as possible. Translations such as the King James Version and New American Standard Version give a priority to uh, accuracy over readability. Translations such as the New New International Version and the New Living Translation take the opposite approach and focus more on readability. In the middle is the English Standard Version and a few others. There is no perfect translation, and depending on its intended audience, one translation may be better than another. It is often helpful to consult multiple translations when engaged in Bible study, as different translations may provide insight into the passage you are studying. But because of its readable and essentially literal translation for regular reading of the Bible, Coram Deo recommends the English Standard Version. I think that sums it up, don't you? Yeah. That's why we chose the English Standard Version. Yeah. Um, because you can trust it when you're studying God's Word, that it is uh, word for word enough that you can really dive into each word that's in that sentence. And it is thought for thought enough, right? Just it's readable enough that you can uh, learn English and, and be able to read it as you are getting older, right? Especially once you get yeah. to that high school reading level, there's a good chance you should be able to read it. Um, that's why we chose it for sure. Um, but let's talk about other translations. What are other ones? I want, I want to focus on that statement where it says, um, in the middle is the English Standard Version and a few others. What, what would we know to be sort of with the ESV as trustworthy? Go ahead and study it. Go ahead and use it. Uh, yeah, I think I know another one we had mentioned beforehand, um, a more recent one, is the CSB. It kind of holds uh, more true than others to the more thought for thought, balancing that out, still readable. Mm-hmm. Um and I know that's been one of my, I think, one of my go-tos and favorites, even in recent, in the past couple of years, even. Yeah. Yeah. They call it dynamic equivalence is the, is the idea of what they're doing. So they t- essentially retranslated it and made it even more readable than the ESV. And um, it is, it's like falls just below yeah, the just ESV shy, on, on but... literal. Yeah. It is different though. Mm-hmm. It is a lot different. Okay. Um, so the, the CSB, the ESV, they fall very close together. Um, and I would, I'd say those two are the, are the closest in range mm-hmm. that would be worth, um, what I call daily drivers, yeah. right? da- daily readers. 
What are other ones you've read in the past or that you've you you own or have, yeah. have used? I know another one that I have recently. I got it when I was in college, um, mainly because of um, it, it's like a study Bible. So it's it's actually the NKJV, which is very interesting um, for different reasons. Um, but like Cody was talking about the manuscripts and stuff. Um, but there's a lot of um, different parts that um, you can kind of see. And with this one that I have, it's called the Ancient Study Bible. You get a lot of the old time. Um, oh goodness, I'm blanking on like specifying them. Pretty much Bible gurus, people who know what they're talking about. You get this whole different types of. I know ESV also has one, two. I have the so I have the CSB, the CSB. Uh, version of it. That's an, an ancient study Bible yes. as well. That's yeah, that's what it's called, the CSB Ancient mm-hmm. Study Bible. So they have a version as well. Yeah, so I know both of those are really interesting because you get to see the thoughts from people from, um, oh, goodness, I'm going to blank on all their names. Uh, so I think they're slightly different. The CSB one actually points out flaws in, in church thinking in oh. the past, too. So, like, it's got quotes from Origen and Josephus and, okay. and, and things like that, um, and then also ones that were accurate as well. So Interesting, yeah. Yeah, it, it falls on the church fathers both— um, right and wrong and, and talks about them and discusses them. Yeah, I know. Cause I've got, I know in our, or this one, it's got, you got Charles Spurgeon, little comments based off of sections of uh, like you're talking about Psalm 91. And it's a, I think it's an expert actually from one of his, um, one of his like sermons or right across the page on Psalm 90, you got A.W. Tozer. So you got all these different like people, um, which is really cool. You get a little insight. So it's more of a, it's less of like a study Bible and more so like a mm-hmm. like a resource, I would say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and so let's talk about study Bibles for a moment. Um, you know, we've we've talked about the translation itself, but every translation has a publisher that's paired with it, mm-hmm. and those publishers tend to produce different types of that Bible. So you've got study Bibles that are just plain old study Bibles. You've got themed ones like the ancient one. Yep. Um, you've got the Worldview Study Bible, which is in a few different translations. You've got the MacArthur Study Bible, which is um, the commentaries of John MacArthur, who's a pastor in California. You've got the Spurgeon Study Bible, which is done in the CSB. That's one of my favorites, too. Yeah. I mean, quotes from Charles Spurgeon. He's a, a Baptist preacher in England. Um, man, they're really good. Um, you've also got different text blocks of translations. So you've got journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, mm. wide-margin Bibles, reference Bibles, things like that. Um, there is so many options for you out there. And so um, I, I like I'll share with you some of my favorite ones have been uh, like classic study Bibles have been just like the ESV study Bible itself has been phenomenal. Um, an ESV global study Bible, which is one of my favorite. It's kind yeah. of a because the ESV study Bible, it's massive. Yes, it's huge. And this is kind of like the. I want to say like little brother type esque mentality where it's a little bit smaller. There's less details in there, but you still get a good um, insight into different things of it for sure. Yeah. And actually that reminds me, ESV just released a brand new Bible called the concise study Bible. And it is a small version of their study Bible that has new notes in it. Um, but it is less notes, but it's still, it's got maps. It's got all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are interested in that, um, Looking at that one. All right, let's let's end with this. I know we're running 20 minutes in. I hope this has been helpful. I know a lot of the practical stuff has been at the end. Do I feel guilty about that? A little bit, right? But hey, this is all good knowledge. Um, what should you buy, right? What what should you be focused on? Um, 
you're should you be concerned about the Bible in your hands? Right. Those are those are things that you might be wondering right now if you care. Um, and I want to evaluate those things just real quick. Mm-hmm. What you should buy determines on what the purpose is in reading it. Right. So Calvin, if you are wanting to read something for study, like you want to be able to break it down, you want to be able to to trust what it's saying in a way that you're doing an in-depth study of a particular word that contains in the sentence, what should we what should we what should we be buying? I don't want to lead more to the word for word. I'm going to want to know, have something like the ESV that mm-hmm. really dissects that because that's what they found to be the most important in that time that while oh, they were translating it and stuff. So definitely more on the word for word type yeah. of things. So that is, I completely agree with that. For me in my life, and I think Calvin would agree with this, if I'm reading let's say I just want to read devotionally, right? I just want to read maybe even a reader's Bible that doesn't have verse and chapters in it. Um, I want to read in a new way that I still trust, but that might be easier for me to just consume as an English speaker um, and more light rather than studying sentence per sentence. Which one are you reading? Um, I would probably go more to the NIV, maybe even NLT. I know there are times that I really appreciate the NLT. Um, even this past summer, we had a, our, we had the summer in the Psalms and we had the Bible studies and stuff. And as we were going around, we had different people with different translations. We had KJV, we had ESV. I had someone with, um, I think I had someone with uh, NKJV. So it's just like, get all these different translations. And I had one, one who came with the NLT. So it was very interesting as we all went around and these more like word for word. And then you have this and it gives us just a slightly more of an insight in that. Uh, simplicity of it, which is really cool um, to be able to have. So that's kind of where I would probably land. Yeah. And and I would say that's okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. There's a major caveat though. And that's if I'm reading, let's let's say I go as far as the NIV or the NLT, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm reading that um, as a daily devotional Bible, mm-hmm. I, I would say, and I charge you, do not trust what it says in a theological concept of defining your belief in who God Mm -hmm. is, right? Don't, don't, don't let a theological um, set belief you're going to have or a doctrine you have be based out of something that's thought for thought because you're incorporating the thoughts of other translators Mm -hmm. in it. And you need to form um, your, your theological beliefs on the actual word of God itself. So for me, um, I don't do the NLT or the the NIV even Um, that goes too far for me because um i am always co- constantly trying to form my theological beliefs oh, yeah, absolutely so i go to the csb mm-hmm. and for me that's just enough right so I, I and i have both so i'll do the esv for all my deep study my preaching my breaking down of the words and then i will open the csb as well and that's for my personal just reading it in a different light more devotionally easier mm-hmm. to read um maybe even um, just read them side by side. And that's actually the best way, like our, our Quorum Deo Bible Church official statement says, like, if you're studying the Bible, open up a few of these, see what they yeah. have to say. Um, and how do you determine which one to trust if they say different things? You uh, determine it based on the one that's more literal, yeah. right? So if, if you got three translations that all say different things, you need to know which one's more literal. Right? It's back to the... Original language, yeah. really. If the ESV and the CSB say two different things, I trust the ESV, mm-hmm. right? And I trust it um, because it's. I know it's more literal. That was their heart. Um, but also, I've found that most of the time, the CSB will actually caveat it and say what could what it could be. And so does the ESV if it's proper. So 
That's why I really like those two translations. Yeah. Um, so what Bible should you buy if you're looking at buying a Bible for the first time? Uh, I recommend, if this is going to be your daily driver, I do recommend the ESV because it's, it's trustworthy for all accounts. You can read it. You can study it. You can break it down. Um, maybe we can talk about study Bibles and study things next week. It'd yeah. be really cool. But I think that's a, a good place to end. Do you have any th- other thoughts on translations or how you've used them in your personal life or study? Anything that you'd want to add before we end here? Um, not too much. I just know like as opening up different translations, um, depending on what you're going to use them for, um, you could easily, uh, this kind of goes more into the teaching and things. Uh, translations can be ma- manipulated as kind of you mentioned beforehand. Mm. I remember sitting under a certain teacher when I was in school up in Chicago and, um, he used multiple different translations and one of them, he opened up and read this and preached a sermon on it. And I was very skeptical. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look at it. So I opened up, I opened up the ESV and I was like, Hmm, that is very different than what he said there. And it's very much, you can manipulate to your point. Um, and so if you don't <laughs> challenge this, if you don't like what the Bible has to say for certain things, don't go trying to search elsewhere oh, man, to see so it. Um, so it fits your point and it fits what you want because at the end of the day, like God's word is God's word and trying to manipulate it to fit you. You're trying to make God fit your mold and he is not God to you. He is just you. <laughs> yeah. That is such good advice. I, and I just added that I, I am leery of pastors who have to preach from different translations within one sermon in order to make a point, right? If, if the word of God, like if, if the ESV can't make the point in its own, does the word of God really make that point then? Mm-hmm. Um, now I've used other translations in the sense, like here's what the ESV says. Oh, yeah. Also, here's what the CSB says, just to give you an idea that like mm-hmm. these translations agree and that they work together. Yeah. Man. You know, but man, you should really be leery of a pastor that quotes from multiple translations in one me- in one sermon just to prove a point. Um, and so that's that's why translations they're great for personal study, mm-hmm. not great for somebody that's preaching the word of God. Yeah. I'd, I'd really avoid that if I were you. Um, good. All right. I think, yeah, next week we'll talk about Bible studies and all that stuff and how to do it, more practical stuff. That's going to do it for us today. Um, just know... Uh, we love you guys. We're praying for you. Super excited for all that's going on in the ministry. We can't wait to uh, see you on a Thursday night. If you're able to visit, stop in. Otherwise, reach out and just know that we will see you next time. Bye.